Today on the Locked On Hornets podcast, Nick Carboni of WCNC is back on the show. We're going to find out what he found out from his one-on-one interview with Brandon Miller. Plus, what did we all learn from this week and who won the week? That's all today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free. We're available anywhere you get your podcasts. And as always, that includes YouTube. There's his beautiful face, Nick Carboni. It's been a long time since we've had him on the YouTube channel, on the podcast, but he is back. A lot has happened since then. Sorry. Yes, the UConn Championship shirt, eSports. If you're watching. I think I've been on after that. You you have. It's okay, though. You can (laughs) gloat about it again if you want to. You can follow him on Twitter, too, at Nick Carboni, WCNC. We'll get to his interview with Brandon Miller in just a moment. You can go check it out there. He tweeted it out on his timeline. That's Doug Branson jamming as well. Find him on his sub stack every hornetsboxcore.com and listen to me on wfnz every weekday from 12 to 3 p.m so nick it's great to have you because you had an interview with brandon miller and we discussed how that might have been our biggest takeaway certainly one of the two main storylines coming from media day terry rogier glowing glowing review on brandon really lit up talking about him but steve clifford talked about his iq everybody loves what they're getting from the number two overall pick what were some of the more interesting points you came across in your sit down interview with brandon miller well i mean like he was on the podium i think he's quick to tell you how much weight he gained which i generally decline to do but it's a different type of weight right mm-hmm. so he's put on about i think like really 10 pounds but Um, obviously that's going to be a process for him as he grows and develops in the league. And I remember asking him after his first practice with the Hornets after the draft, like what's the biggest thing you want to work on this summer? And he was like adding strength, taking bumps, giving bumps. And so I I think it's good that he sees that as, you know, something he needs to work on, something he needs to get better at in order to, you know, play as many games as he possibly can and be able to, you know, not just be available, but show off his, his ability, his other abilities when he is available for a consistent, you know, amount of time this season. Uh, So that was kind of the big takeaway at first was, you know, just his, his willingness and wanting to add strength and be able to kind of bang around with big boys in the NBA on both sides, because he quickly took the conversation to defense with that. And, and obviously all of the things we're hearing from, veteran players and Steve Clifford, I think specifically like, and I had read an article, uh, Cliff spoke to somebody with NBA.com a couple of weeks ago. And when Brandon Miller was brought up, he was calling him the total package and high IQ and all the things he kind of, um, you know, reiterated at media day on Monday. And I actually asked him like, so does that change your outlook? I'm like, how much you think he can impact this team this year? And one of the things he said in that was oh, he's going to see big minutes. He's going to be on the floor a lot. And I think we all know the, the kind of knock on Steve Clifford and, and we've seen it in Charlotte. Then he brought it to Orlando. It was like, not every rookie is going to play as much as you think they should. I think they have to though, because he's a six foot nine wing who has shooting ability and uh, has ability around the rim. So I, I'm not sure how much of a choice he has. I also just think that like, the the pain and the sting of not getting number one and then the faction of fans and and media who wanted scoot henderson and they might be right 
lost in that is what kind of player Brandon Miller could become. And I think he could become an all-star for this team. Maybe not year one, maybe not year two, but somewhere down the line. I really feel like some of that lives inside Brandon Miller. Some of that idea that fans yeah. booed the pick. And, and I'm glad that he's not like super expressive about it and trying to get out in front of it and talk about it a lot. I'm, I, but I hope that it lives secretly inside of him and, and he can use it as motivation. You mentioned the weight gain. I think the weight gain is going to be important. I think putting on yeah. muscle over the next couple of years of his career is going to be essential. Uh, but it's also it's the motion of the ocean. It's also how much you use that way. That's something that I'm going to be watching this season is, you know, how willing is he to be physical on drives and on the defensive end of the floor? And there are going to be moments, especially I think early in this season, where he gets knocked off his spot or where a guy bodies him when he's trying to defend him and keep him away from the rim. How is he going to respond to that? We saw that with Mark Williams early in his preseason where, where you know, thir the third-string center of the Boston Celtics was knocking him off his spot. And you just want to see guys respond, stay confident, be willing to, be, to continue to be aggressive. That's something that I'm going to watch from Brandon Miller. How does he use those 10 pounds of muscle that he put on? Yeah, even in summer league, you notice some craftiness getting to the cup. And you're kind of like, okay, that looked – cool in this moment in Las Vegas <laughs> right. against these guys that that's not going to work unless you start to kind of body up a little bit. And, and I think that's what he's doing. So it, that's just part of his development and that's not going to happen, you know, right away. This, mm -hmm. You know, it, it's probably not going to look like what it needs to in the first 82 games of his career. Totally. Well, and Nick, just last thing on Brandon Miller. Yeah, how surprised were you to hear Steve Clifford talk about Brandon the way he did? Say, no, he's going to play a significant role right now. Like, were you surprised to hear that given Steve Clifford's MO? You know, it's funny because it reminded me of a head coach down the street talking about another Alabama rookie <laughs> in the preseason. And and that may still, that's another that's another podcast entirely. Uh, shout out Julian Council. But that that may bear fruit at some point too but yes when you hear veteran coaches talk about rookies in the manner that steve clifford is talking about brandon miller especially having covered cliff and knowing that he's about as blunt and honest and transparent um as as they come uh that's encouraging and to hear not only at media day you know of course guys are asked hey what do you think about the rookie you know yeah i think he's great but like even in that article i referenced and i think again at media day cliff was like you know guys are coming up to me being like this guy's gonna help us um so i i think that it is surprising and it became like a headline and a big takeaway deservedly well and very similar to that situation with bryce young where the panthers set an expectation that so far through four games has it's not like it hasn't been met it's like it's not even close right. to being met. And, and that's going to cause a reaction from fans watching that performance. I think the same situation is, is set up potentially here where the expectations for Brandon Miller to come out and not be lost, to understand yeah. the game on a level that is not rookie level, because I think that that's where they've set the expectation now. He shouldn't the, physicality. You know that's going to take some time, but his fuel for the game should not be yeah. at a rookie level early on in his career. And if it is, then I think people are going to notice it a little bit more, and and maybe there's a little bit less of a of a, a leash, if you will, on on being lost because all of these expectations have been set now at media day in these different interviews. Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously Bryce Young is is the quarterback, and that just raises the expectations. Brandon Miller is the number two overall pick, so the expectations are high, but he doesn't have to come in here and be, 
you know, the one, the two, the three. I mean, but you're right, though. I mean, if he comes out and he's not contributing and he's not consistent and, um, you know, he he doesn't look like he belongs for the, you know, more than he does or more than he doesn't. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a problem for people, and it's going to be a problem for the Charlotte Hornets because they do need him, especially if he's coming off the bench. Uh, that That's a big plus for having him, too, at the early stages of his career is adding the depth and adding the bench piece to it. Real quick, what's encouraging, though, for any fan of the Hornets that want Brandon Miller to succeed or fans of Brandon Miller, what's encouraging is that you already saw an instance in Summer League where he came out and was a little shaky, and then you know he settled down and responded, and there were a lot of reasons why he was shaky. They didn't have a point guard. You know, there were some built-in excuses for sure, but he responded and had big games to close out his summer league experience. So that that should be encouraging to anyone. Go go ahead, ahead, Walker. Yeah, No, Walker, take it. Well, I was going to say, especially just going back to the Bryce Young uh, confidence that we had in him and Brandon Miller, you're right, like, one Alabama smart guy comes in and plays the most important position in all of sports. One other Alabama smart guy is the second overall pick and gets to come off the bench with the franchise still being LaMelo's monster, monster difference in responsibility. And I think that can only help Brandon live up to the expectations. Although hefty in his role, his role is far less demanding than what it is for Bryce young. Trying to take the team over at Bank of America Stadium to the promised land. All right, so we learned a lot about Brandon Miller. What else did we learn from Hornets Media Day? We'll talk about that coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. That's right. Coming up, we're going to talk about what did we learn this week. And then later in the show, who won the week, but not before I tell you about what is now my favorite clothing brand, and that's Bird Dogs. Favorite because they support this show. They support the Locked on Network but also because I love the product. Uh, bird dogs make you look good. They make my booty look good. And that's not that's a tall task. I'll just tell you right now. I'll be honest. I'll be vulnerable. I'll tell you that making my booty look good is a tough job. But bird dogs is up to the task because bird dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg, giving you that truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of that stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but it stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice all of that movement. They also use an anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. (laughs) I would note cool and dry in the places that matter most. To stay cool and dry. Bird dogs are functional for any occasion. Golf, date, evening out, pool, workout, lounging, work. Uh, a podcast on the Hornets. I'm wearing them right now. I'm wearing them right now. Stop showing your booty, Doug. Come back. I'm sorry. It's just, they make it look good. Go to birddogs.com forward slash locked on NBA or enter promo code locked on NBA at checkout for free for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NBA for a free water bottle at checkout. You don't want to take your bird dogs off. I certainly don't. We promise you more locked on Hornets ahead. All right, so we talked a lot about Brandon Miller. Nick Carboni has the interview there. You can see it on WCNC. I imagine they can find it on your YouTube channel as well, Nick. Is that, that right? That's correct, yep. Okay. WCNC Charlotte YouTube. All right, there you go. So there are a couple of plugs. Go follow him on Twitter again at Nick Carboni WCNC. We learned a lot about the people's thoughts, the players' thoughts on Brandon Miller. 
What else did we learn? Because there were a lot of other storylines worth mentioning. Let's go to you, Nick. What is something that you feel like you learned at Hornets Media Day outside of the number two overall pick? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we knew about Mark Williams and what he did last year. Uh, I think, you know, the team goes as LaMelo Ball goes, obviously, but Mark Williams is going to become, I think, a huge piece of the direction of this team and this franchise going forward just because of the size, the wingspan, uh, the ability to play on both ends like he you saw in more than flashes last year, really. I mean, he's somebody that you just saw get better in stretches of games. And that was really cool and encouraging to see. Uh, he's just kind of getting back into full contact stuff coming off that thumb injury and surgery to his shooting hand. But, you know, this is a guy they basically started the first half of last year without because he kind of took that Greensboro assignment. And I think he took it in stride. And for him, it made him better. You know, it's just kind of how you, different guys react to it. Uh, but, you know, be, being down there and, and and being in the paint with, with NBA players made him a lot better. And you could see that over the course of the season. So I think Steve Clifford understands that obviously LaMelo drives the bus, but Mark Williams is going to be a big part of where this team goes this year. Yeah, especially totally- in the pick and roll game, right? Yeah. Like Steve Clifford yeah. talked about it with the perimeter players being involved, but we know Mark Williams, LaMelo Ball, those guys those guys involved in pick and roll. It's going to be awesome to watch that unfold. Doug, what else did you learn? If you also had some thoughts on Mark Williams, uh, I've got a lot of thoughts on Mark Williams. We, Hey, listen, we know <laughs> thoughts in general. Oh yeah. I mean, I can, <laughs> uh, we, we'd be here all day if we got into all my thoughts on Mark Williams, but we also know what a hand or arm injury can do for a center in this franchise. I mean, it turned Mason Plumley into a functional free throw shooter, right? Uh, and a and a uh, left-handed jump shot specialist. True. So Mark has, a, yeah, Mark discussed how he got to work on his left a little bit with that right thumb injury. That could help. Uh, you mentioned the pick and roll game. I think on the offensive end, but I'm most excited to see the pick and roll coverages that come from. Uh, the the pick and roll coverages on the defensive end that come from the fact that Steve Clifford now has two centers who can both guard aggressively up top without punishing your defense so much. I mean, we've been so used to the Steve Clifford drop coverage every single play experience because he's had to, because he had Al Jefferson, because he had other centers that you just really, you couldn't switch, you couldn't hedge, you just couldn't trust them up top. And now he has two that, that he can do that with. So I'm super excited about that. What I learned this week is that we can't shut up about LaMelo Ball being a leader, and and I think we should. I think we all ought to just give LaMelo a break on this leader stuff, give it a rest. Like, let's let LaMelo Ball focus on getting healthy, going out there, racking up triple doubles, improving his game, getting to back to an all-star level, staying healthy, improving this team's record, and he will become a leader in whatever form that takes. But we don't need to like thrust leadership and constantly ask about it all the time. I just I don't think it's doing anyone any good. I think we ought to just give it a rest and shut up about it. Okay. So Doug learned that he <laughs> wants people to shut up about LaMelo Ball. That's that's uh of course. So is the segment you, over or? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was going to say, I, I learned. If it's a, I learned yeah. that, 
if it's about LaMelo being a leader, the segment needs to be, (laughs) let's let LaMelo be LaMelo. And I think ultimately, once he starts, you know, once he's the highest paid player on the team, that's not this year. He doesn't become the highest paid player on the team until next year. Once that happens, if the Hornets make the play in or the playoffs this season, then he'll just be one of the leaders on this team. We don't need to constantly talk about it. Uh, One of the biggest questions I had was about Miles Bridges and what Steve Clifford planned to do with him after he was eligible. And what I learned this week was that Steve Clifford is transparent and he acknowledges the Miles Bridges suspension and how difficult it's going to be to figure out how to adapt to it. So when I asked him that question, he talked about how we're going to have to figure it out in training camp. He doesn't know. And remember last year, you didn't have all the pieces available. Steve Clifford, because of the Kenny Atkinson debacle, Man, he's named the head coach very late into the head coaching <laughs> process where or in the head coach search pro- process. Remember, James Borrego got fired late. So, okay, Borrego gets fired later than what you would have normally thought. Then you hire Kenny Atkinson. Then he backs out. Then you're scrambling and you go back to somebody you're familiar with. Steve Clifford comes back to the fold. Oh, wait, now you don't even have your full arsenal because Miles Bridges is suspended and... He had so many injuries last year. So in a way, you're starting really from like stage number one and trying to figure out how all of these group of guys come together, even if you didn't make many outside moves. Brandon Miller is the only new piece to the team that you expect to be a significant contributor. But you're really talking about Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier, LaMelo Ball, Mark Williams, who was on the squad last year, but will have a more significant role. Man, it, the new guys are kind of old guys in this situation. So, okay, once Miles Bridges is eligible, man, is Brandon Miller going to have a significant enough role to where he eats into some of those minutes? Is Miles Bridges going to come back and be so good right off the bat where there's no rust and he's taking those minutes away from Brandon? Should P.J. Washington be starting a power forward while Gordon Hayward, hey, he's actually had a healthy offseason, so he's going to start because when he's on the floor, he makes the team better. Steve Clifford, what I like about it is that he's not painting himself into a corner and saying, this is how I think it's going to all unfold. He's telling you, we're going to have to figure it out in training camp, and he's being transparent about how difficult that process is going to be. Really like what I heard from Steve Clifford on that. What do you think think about Miles Bridges, Nick? It could it could develop. You you hope it gets to the point where it's kind of one of those good problems to have, where you have talent and depth that you haven't had in a while. And Clifford's absolutely right. I mean, Miles Bridges is a part of this team right now before he goes on that 10, 10 game hiatus, and they're going five on five. And one of the things yeah. he said was five on five, five on five scrimmage. Like let's play with all the combinations right now, and you know. There's only so much you can find out about that, but I think you can find out a decent amount. And Steve Clifford's a veteran enough coach to be able to identify, you know, what it looks like compared to what it should look like, what combinations are working, what combinations need more work. So I think the most optimistic part of me thinks this could develop into a pretty decent problem for the Hornets to have one they haven't, you know, had a chance to experience lately. Right. I mean, you're not in love with why this is a difficult problem right. for obvious right. reasons, um, but it, it does, I think, put the onus on every player in that, you know, two, three, four position to have a great camp. And that's what I'm saying. There's so many little vector points where you look at players and groups of players and go, God, they got to step up in camp. They can't take a break because there are there are another number of players 
that are looking for more minutes and a bigger role on this team. And and I think that's going to be a significant driver of this training camp. And if everybody stays healthy, I think it could mean that this team gets off to a great start because you are going to see uh, the best players out there, especially after the 10 games are over and, and we have another five or six games. We're going to see how the lineup shakes out. But Steve Clifford is not a vibes guy. He's not a feelings guy. He's a stu- he's a studier. I mean, he he does his homework. He's going to evaluate every little nook and cranny of this training camp and and make a decision on what playing groups play. It's not about like is Miles Bridges necessarily the most talented player and so, you know, he should play. It's going to be about like how do those players perform in preseason? How do these players perform when they get together in those first 10 games and then make the evaluation from there? Um, it's it's going to be super interesting to watch how he manages all of that. All right, so yeah, the Miles Bridges thing will be interesting. Something I learned was that Steve Clifford is embracing that. We learned a lot over at Hornets Media Day. Let's save something else we learned about, like maybe who won the week. We'll give you that answer coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. But now before we tell you about our good friends at FanDuel, snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel. That's America's number one sportsbook right now. New customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. (laughs) I like those odds. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of of betting options, including spreads, player props, over and unders, and more. If you want to place that over bet on uh, 10 three-point attempts by Mark Williams, he set the over-under line at 10. I would definitely take the over there. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. More Locked On Hornets ahead. So we discussed what we learned at Hornets Media Day. Now we want to know who won the week. I think there are a lot of guys to choose from. There are a lot of players to choose from because even if Clifford isn't a vibes guy, Doug, it does feel like the vibes were pretty damn strong, especially compared to last Hornets Media Day. It, real quickly, Nick, did you feel that too? Like, oh my I, gosh, last yeah, Hornets Media Day, where we're right, you know, Miles Bridges stuff is hanging over everybody's head, and then James Booknight gets arrested that's uh, right. the night before the first day of practice. I want to say so. Yeah, it's a little better, a little better than that. Unbelievable. <laughs> A little better. The, vi- the vibes are a lot better this year. All right, Doug, I want to start with who uh, with you by asking who won the week at uh, Hornets Media Day. Attempting to go with CMPD. Uh, they had less work to do right before Media Day, but I won't Big go with them. them. I, I won't go with them. Um, I'm going to go. You know, we haven't talked a lot about this guy, so I'm going to go with JT Thor because I am the president <laughs> of the More Thor movement. I'm almost obligated to select JT Thor, but beyond my obligation, I will say that uh, he came in looking jacked, looking big, and we're all on muscle watch during media day, but it was particularly good to see him come in bigger because I want to rewind back to the last time all of the players and coaches came in to say something, and that was during the exit interviews. And Steve Clifford noted that JT Thor was one of the most durable players last season, that he played through injuries, that he was available, that he's a tough player. But his but his sort of butt to that was he needs to get stronger. And it was almost – I could almost feel like Clifford saying, look, if this dude gets stronger, there's, there's a spot for him somewhere in this roster. JT Thor feels like a Steve Clifford guy. And so to see him come in, he did look bigger. And then Rod Boone posting a video from uh, late, you know, after that first practice, that first training camp day. And, you know, he's his jumper's looking good. 
And that's going to be key, too. When he gets the basketball, he's probably going to be open because the scouting report is not saying guard JT Thor close at the three-point line. We saw it improve at the end of last season. If he can vault off of that, again, with all these different things, Cody Martin's injury, Miles Bridges' absence through the first 10 games, there will be an opportunity for JT Thor. If he takes advantage of it, he'll win another week in my book. Yeah, I'm sure he will, yes. Um, With you being the president of the Moore Thor movement. Moore Thor! I thought you were going to say something else. No, so so JT <laughs> Thor is a good one. There are a lot of players. Man, this one was tough for me. I'm going to go Mark Williams. I think if you – look, you brought up vibes, so now I can't stop thinking about it. Mm. I don't think there was a difference, a bigger difference in just straight-up confidence, straight-up who's feeling themselves than what Mark was his rookie year, which a lot of this is self-explanatory. From one year to another, now you know what the NBA is like, so you're going to feel a lot different – or NBA is like – you're going to feel a lot different, man. Mark Williams letting his hair out has a little strut to him. If we want to go with muscle watch, technically Mark Williams told us that he gained the most amount of muscle this Hold off on. season. Hold on. Fred. Hold on. Now he said 10 to 12 pounds of muscle and JT Thor said eight pounds of straight muscle, which I think is two to one. I think it's two to one ratio straight to regular muscle. So that's 16 pounds of regular muscle. I think JT Thor wins. I'm going to go with Mark Williams, who tells you that he weighs at about 260 after just the plain old muscle growth that he experienced this offseason. So Mark also, everybody's loving what he's, you know, loving his jump that he could take in his second year. Steve Clifford talked about him shooting threes, as we've mentioned. I, I think as far as vibes, Terry Rozier was strong, too. Let me tell you, very different Terry feel this year than last year. But Mark Williams is the guy that I'm going to pick as the winner of the week. Nick, that leaves us with you. Who would you say won the week? I think ankle braces win the week. Yes, they do. Now they're going to be strapped right on the two most important ankles in the Queen City. Shout out and to apparently Ace Terry's wearing them too, right? So yep. forget, forget, you know, I mean, I mean they can maybe LaMelo's LaFrance uh, clothing wear can come out with some nice looking ones <laughs> for him that he'll, he'll like to wear. Cause even Terry was like, I don't really like wearing it, but it's supposedly going to help. But I mean, LaMelo's ankles and his health are the most important thing to this entire franchise. So I was actually glad to hear that he's going to be taking that step uh, after we saw three significant ankle injuries last year that maybe could have been prevented if it were, you know, not for just style points. So maybe he can come up with something cool for him. I don't know, but (laughs) I'll I'll go with that. If I had to pick a player, it'd be Brandon Miller. I'm glad you brought up ankle braces because I wanted to bring up ankle braces, but the last time I brought up ankle braces on this show, I got lit up in the comments by people saying, (laughs) oh, this isn't a big deal. You're making too much out of the ankle braces. And then we learned that Terry Rozier is also wearing ankle braces. And Terry Rozier has had a number of ankle injuries that have kept him out of a Charlotte Hornets uniform uh, through his tenure as well. And here, I just want to read the quote from Rozier when he was asked about his ankle braces. Quote, yeah, I ain't going to lie. This stuff is real difficult, Rozier said. I'm from the part where growing up, I didn't tie my shoes, was wearing ankle socks, to now wearing ankle braces. So this is a huge difference for me, but I've got to adjust and be healthy, and obviously that's the most important thing. When you're talking about LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier, with the amount of dribbling and cutting and shooting they do, Their play is their feel. How they feel affects how they play. 
you know, I'll, I'll quote Deion Sanders. He's been out of the news for a say, while. I might know, as well. Just I know, I know no one's talking. <laughs> right. I know no one's talking about Deion lately, but Deion said, you know, if you feel good, you play good. And if you play good, they pay good. Well, LaMelo's already been paid. Terry's going to look to get paid again. They all want to play good. And so I think we have to pay some attention to the ankle braces and see if they stick with them. Because obviously both players, I think, ideally would not play with them. They, they yeah. said as much. But they're doing it because they care about their health, because they know that their health equals the health of the franchise. I'm glad they're doing it. But I think we should keep an eye on it and see you know, how they play with them on. All right, so more ankle braces. They are the winner. Doug is trying to tell you people. They matter. It's the number one story. (laughs) It's the number one story. All right, that is Nick Carboni. He's back in the fold. Follow him on Twitter at Nick Carboni, WCNC. We appreciate his time as always. Thanks again, Nick, and uh, we'll see you around. Thank you, guys. Yeah, man. Uh, That's also Doug Branson. Check out his Substack, everyhornetsboxscore.com. Listen to me, WFNZ, every weekday from 12 to 3 p.m. And thanks for making us your first listen. Make your second listen, game to game, NBA, especially with the season starting soon. Make sure you follow them anywhere you get your podcast. Every moment. Ollie came in right at the end. Ollie is back in the fold, too. You can follow him on Twitter at uh og dog maybe that's <laughs> yeah, that's one, yeah. like that that's all right uh, oh how about carboni b-o-n-e okay. oh, carboni. Yeah. Well, there you go follow there. Emoji. that'll do it big thanks to My ollie bad. for sending us out with a nice dismount we'll be back with you tomorrow